Hey, Grace. Hey, Eric. It's time. Woo-hoo. Hey, Grace. Yeah. What's the best kind of pet for a track runner? Um, I don't know. A lap dog. Oh, my goodness. Let's I do this. It. I love Let's it. Let's do this. Let's do it. I'm Eric Idiot Runner Kosek. And I'm Grace Hot Pants Langheim. Eric is all business in the front of the pack, and I am all about the party in the back. That's right, business up front and party in the back. Together, we are the Running Mullet. And we are going to talk about every aspect of running, the podium to the DNF and everything in between. If you are a runner, this show is for you. Now sit back. Get out your foam roller and enjoy the party. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people like me. A couple of them, yeah. Hey, Grace. <laughs> for those people that are tuning in, if we have anybody tuning in already, if anybody can tell me who came up with that quote, I will give them idiot runner koozie. What? Yep. So easy. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people uh-huh. like me. Come on, Chad Brown. They sure do. How are you, Grace? I'm good. How are you? I'm terrific. Monday is my new Friday. Well, I mean, not really, but I still look forward to Mondays now. You know, same. Mondays are officially... A great day. I'm pumped. We're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Boston, which is coming up for you. We're going to talk, uh, continue to talk about race planning and um, time management. How do you fit it all in? And oh, Sue got it. Sue got it. She got it. Good work. Nami. (laughs) (laughs) Sue's awesome. She she picks up cars. Yes, we're going to talk about Boston. How was uh, how was your weekend? Um, it was good. I did some adventuring on the horseshoe trail and then I slept in on Sunday and did yard work. How about you? Housework on Saturday. Like I said, I, I, I got Becky a sink to go with her toilet downstairs and it works. Hey, so she can wash her hands. That's nice of you. Yeah. And, uh, a whole bunch of other stuff on Saturday and then got to run in on Sunday, but nothing, nothing too cray cray. And you've got Boston coming up next week, buddy. I want to hear all about it. And, um, I wanted to get some help on what kinds of questions to ask. So I threw this out into, um, the net. We have a Facebook group now. We also have an Instagram. We do. We got so many things happening. We have other Mm, special announcements coming up soon. Mm. (laughs) I know, it's big. Oh, it's big. It's big. It's exciting. But first, we have a Facebook group, which is super cool. Um, And I put the question out there. I said, what what questions should I ask Eric? Uh, Eric, Mr. Poopy Pants, Kozak. I also asked what names I should start calling you. That was a top contender. Yeah, but it didn't win. You just decided to put it up there. That's not fair. It's completely fair because there are no rules in what names I get to change. And for anybody listening on the podcast, if you're on the YouTube, um, viewing on YouTube, I can change Eric's name. He has not figured out how to change my name yet. 
which is great. I'm keeping it that way for as long as possible. And right now, his name is Eric, Mr. Poopy Pants Kosak. And he's going to tell us about Boston. I asked some questions out there. And I really like Don's question. He comes up with the best ones. And he started off, he said, I've run Boston a couple of times. But the first question now is why? Why do you want to? There are prettier courses out there. There's faster courses out there. There's trails out there. And there's, there's prettier uh, road courses, too. So why Boston? Well, I would throw that right back to him and say, well, why'd you run it a couple times? <laughs> no, I mean. It's Don and Don does everything. Yeah, I know. It, for me, the best answer is it's it's a bucket list for anybody who's a, who's a runner, I feel like. Um, I've never done a big, a big town marathon. So I'm, I'm going for the 26.2 miles of people cheering for you on both sides of the road the whole time. And like just the the atmosphere i i want to see what that's like and kind of feed off of it myself that would be my why yes i'm not competing that might be your next question um i guess i'm not competing with myself um i'm going to enjoy it okay yeah all right well i hope you do um and i know becky is coming along to cheer you on are the girls coming too Whole family's going, yep. I want them to kind of experience how big a, a race can be. I mean, let's face it, our our trail run events that we go to are, are big. Heiner's coming up, that's big. Mm -hmm. But man, nothing is thousands and thousands and thousands of people big, you know? I'm a I'm a country boy at this point. So like these city things, I don't I don't know. Maybe I'll hate it. Who knows? <laughs> it's only twenty six. Might see an alley that looks kind of like a trail and just go off course a little bit and yeah. hang out with people. It, the crowd looks super fun, though. Uh, you know, like you said, it is a bucket list item for a lot of people. Some other questions. Um, Want to know the logistics of, like, lining up how and where that gets determined for a big race like that? Like you said, it's thousands and thousands of people. Do you they have corrals? Is that right? Yeah, I got one email so far. I'm not sure if I'm going to get any more. It pretty much has my like uh, virtual bib number and um, w what time and where the corral is that I'm supposed to get in, I guess. I don't know what time buses leave or something. I should probably start figuring this stuff out. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm in wave. I think I'm in wave one. So that's probably the first one after the elites go. Yeah. And um, that's about all I know. I, I think I'm, I'm just going, I just want to get to the start. And then when I get to the finish, I just got to find Becky. And then I don't know. Yeah. Well, speaking of the finish, that was one of the questions was um, where are you going to celebrate, rehydrate, refuel afterwards? Do you have any other plans while you're going to be there? I mean, we we had talked about trying to. We're we're going Saturday morning, so we have Saturday afternoon and Sunday to kind of hang out in Boston and do all the things. But we don't really know what they are. So Becky was kind of looking today. No, we don't have anything set in stone on what we're doing. I got to go to the expo, get all the free stuff. I think 
Well, that's going to be the next question in the Facebook group. I'm going to throw it up there and ask what other things we can suggest for you in Boston. I know I did a Ragnar with my friends, uh, Cape Cod, Ragnar Cape Cod. Oh, we had a blast. There were a lot of, there's a lot of stories that I can't tell you about. I'm sorry. I can't tell you about. And those stories are only for the trails, but there's some super cool stuff to do in, uh, in Boston while you're there. Well, so we'll get some nice nice. I don't know what, like I said, I don't know what we're going to do. It's pretty much. Uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Us, <laughs> us on the Instagram and the Facebook group, we're going to figure out what are some good ideas for all of you. Yeah. Um, also, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, you, you've probably got a pretty solid idea of your um, your nutrition strategy, your race strategy for trails. Uh, road running is different. So can you talk through a bit of your nutrition and race strategy for Boston and how that compare, how is that different than what you would do for trail? For trail, I eat real food. I don't think I'm going to stick with too much real food for Boston. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't practice as much as I should grace. I should have all this stuff nailed down, but mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm more like just watching the watching my watch, watching the clock. Mm -hmm. I'll take I'll eat I'll get take some calories at half hour mark and then every 45 minutes after that. And I mean my biggest I think my biggest goal is to not poo while I'm out there, you know? If you do, are you gonna keep going? Like the whole run down your leg thing? Yeah. That, yeah, I mean I'm not gonna stop. Uh the clock doesn't stop, but <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully that doesn't happen. I've never, well, I, I've had that happen in one marathon. Luckily there's woods there. <laughs> it cost me like 20 seconds. Anyway, I'm going down another dark hole. Um, my nutrition. Literally a dark hole. Yeah. <laughs> my nutrition strategy is um, for marathons. When I'm running faster on roads, which I'll be doing, I like the Martin gel the flavorless black gels they work for me i i feel like i can feel them working whether it's in my head make believe or not it doesn't really matter if you feel like they give something gives you energy i'm gonna go with it yeah um not really sure what i'm drinking haven't made it that far yet water and probably watered down gatorade okay um Solid. going pretty minimalistic with this as far as plan goes yeah yeah Okay, so I got my expensive. I got my expensive shoes ready. Okay, you've got um, leopard print shorty yeah. shorts. Yeah. Idiot runner tank. You've got new expensive shoes. Don't poop your pants. And yeah. a gel every forty-five minutes. That's that's all you need. What are you having for breakfast? Hotel food. Okay. It's my favorite. <laughs> that goes along perfectly with the poopy pants. So. Yeah, I mean, good luck with that. <laughs> it depends on the hotel. Nothing. Everything <laughs> Totally fine. So I think my race starts at 10, okay. I believe, which is a little later. I think, you know, we had touched on that last week with race planning and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, I'm guessing I have to be there like an hour before 10. So I don't, I mean, I'll eat a regular breakfast at six or seven, hopefully. And uh, maybe throw a gel in right before the race or something. I don't know. And I am not big on gels. I'm, you know, I'm, 
I'm more of a eat good nutritious food type of thing, but the yeah. gels are just convenient. Yeah. Well, yeah, they sure are. Yeah. Gels are a solid strategy, solid for a bit at least. Yeah. And as far as afterwards go, I mean, I'm, I'll probably celebrate a little bit. I got a couple people going that I know. Lon Williams, which is a friend, running friend of mine, a pastor, a friend, and uh, Shannon is going. Shannon Ray. Yeah. So probably watch. Hopefully finish near or with them, and then uh, I I got to drive. What is it? Six hours for me home to get to work the next day. Yeah. I'm telling you, this work stuff is really messing up things. The work is terrible. We should all quit our jobs, live in a commune, and uh, run all day. Sign me up. See? Done. <laughs> so, anything else about Boston you want to discuss? While uh, I, think, I think we, um, you know, we'll, we'll, you'll post a link so that we can follow you along, right? I think I'm supposed to probably do that, yeah. I yeah. mean, or you could just follow. I don't know how many we people We can stalk are. you. I think we can look up your name and stalk you. We'll do that. Yeah, or just look for the leopard print out on course. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll follow along with your number. Best of luck to you. And uh, we wanted to talk some more about um, uh, race prep, right? Yes, continued. You, you're you giving us a lesson here on race prep. And we yeah. need to that off. It's very uh, informative so far and much needed, I think, for a good chunk of the running population out there yeah um and maybe a little bit too late to help you with boston but we'll see how it goes <laughs> so yeah yeah so uh we we're talking about race prep and um some of the things that i do with my athletes i sit down and and we or we stand up sometimes we sit but we we put together a race strategy and that includes several pieces. So, um, you know, we put together a nutrition strategy, including what are you going to eat before the race and after the race? Uh, because like you said, that race time makes a big difference. Some races start at 5 a.m., some start at 10 a.m., some start at 6 p.m. And what you eat beforehand makes a big difference uh, for timing. And so we put together a nutrition strategy, a clothing strategy, a pacing strategy, and a motivational strategy. Uh, those are the, the big pieces to put together. And I have a couple of tips that I love to pass along to people and share the wealth of knowledge, because that's one of the awesome things about running is that we can learn so much from each other. And so... Um, Clothing strategy. I think I test out my clothes at least, you know, four weeks, probably about four weeks ahead of time. I don't know about you. How about you, Eric? You figure out what you're going to wear. Yeah. I mean, everything I wear in training is, is what I pick out of the box to wear at any race anyway. So I feel pretty, you know, I'm not going to buy something I have in the past, but I'm not now, mm -hmm. I'm not going to buy something like a day before the race and throw it on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we test out all of our clothes ahead of time, um, then put together that nutrition strategy. And then there's pacing. And pacing is one that can get really um, tough to figure out. Uh, and I love working on pacing strategies with people. I have a couple different tools that I use 
Um, and we were just talking about this in one of the groups. I think it might have been the Idiot Runners Facebook group um, talking about a couple of online tools that exist. So one of them that I use is a running pace calculator that's on active. Um, it's www.active.com. And I'll put it into the um, chat afterwards. And I think I can show you what it looks like if you are on. Look at this. There we go. Hold on. Hold on. I got nothing. There it is. <laughs> if you're on uh, the YouTube, you should be able to see it. There it is. The running pace calculator. Uh, this is one of the websites that I use. So I can tell this thing if I'm doing uh, 50K. So it's 32 miles. And I have, it has, uh, say, a 10-hour cutoff. Then I can calculate what the longest you know, what's the minutes per mile and 1845 is what I have to average for that race. So I use active.com for this. Um, also, if I know that my pace is a 16 minute mile and I say, how long is it going to take me for a 16 minute mile? Then I can calculate that and say, oh, that gets me an eight hour, 32 minute finish. So active.com can be really helpful. Another one that I use is called a cumulative race calculator. And let's see if I can get that one to go. Do, 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 do. If you are on um, the YouTube, then you can see my screen, which is super fancy. I'm figuring this out right now. Bam! Look at that. And the cumulative time and pace calculator is great because you can say, you can put in here, um, like, oh, I know my first mile, I'm probably going to go out too fast because all of you do. So maybe that's going to be a 12 minute mile. And then I'm going to slow down a little bit and give myself a 14 minute mile. But you can figure out every single mile that you do. And then you click on calculate and it'll tell you um, what your average uh, pace is over that span of time. So this one I find really helpful. Um, let's say that I'm putting together a walk run strategy for somebody. I had an athlete doing the Yeti 100, which is super flat. And I did not want her to start to run like her first 30 miles and then stop and walk. Like I wanted her to start walking from the get go. So we put together a plan based on this cumulative race calculator and that was really helpful. There's another one. Oh, I forget the name of it. We were just talking about it in the Facebook group today um, that can look at a, a GPX file and um, help you put together a pacing strategy based on the elevation. Now, one of the downfalls of using that tool is that it does not take into consideration the technicality of the terrain we all know that a race like World's End is much more technical than, say, um, most of the Heiner course. Most of the Heiner course, I think, is not too technical, except for the, the creek. Um, Ultra Pacer. Thank you, Alicia. So uh, that's another tool that can be used to put together that pacing strategy. And while for some people that's too much and putting together a pacing strategy can feel really stressful for other people, especially in the back of the pack. I want to know exactly where I'm going to be at every single aid station so that I know I'm on track to finish within the cutoff um, and also to help out my crew. So even if 
Um, I'd say even if you're not, you know, trying to hit a certain goal or anything like that, it can be really helpful, especially a race like World's End, for example, where World's End, you have no cell signal whatsoever. If you can put together a pacing strategy for yourself and be able to figure out, okay, I think I'm going to be at this aid station at this time, um, or at least figure out, <clears throat> all right, here's, here's my fastest that I'm going to be versus here's the slowest that I plan to be. Um, I'm going to be, hey, crew, I'm going to be there somewhere between this time and this time. That can be really helpful. And another piece that I might use in the cumulative race calculator, for example, when I was getting ready for um, uh, George Death Race, I remember I, I stalked somebody on Strava. I found Kieran Coons, who's amazing, by the way. I found her, her Strava and what she did mile by mile. Then I put in my own of what I thought I was going to do mile, mile, mile by mile. And I was able to put together this whole spreadsheet and figure out a prediction of where I would be at every single rate aid station. So uh, stock people, definitely. That is a big part of my <laughs> putting together a pacing strategy, finding other people who live in your area, um, who know the trails well and can give you some tips. Um and you can even look at their Strava and find out what their times were and start to put together that pacing strategy. So um, that's that's what I do for pacing strategy. And Eric, you do none of that, right? I like to go out hard and hold on till it all blows up like a sweet, glorious <laughs> bomb. I mean, that, that's it's fun sometimes. But to play the devil's advocate, I'm mm -hmm. I'm thinking here. So if I ever if I have a race plan. For um, 25K race, and yeah. it's not, you know, the first five miles aren't what I expected them to be um, as far as me. I'm not feeling good. Maybe I, maybe, maybe I had an accident in my pants. Who knows? But anyway, you know, my, my time coming into so-and-so so aid station, hot pants aid station is yeah. 10 minutes behind what my plan says. Yeah. I have panic setting in um, or, or negative feelings setting in because of that. When there's still a lot of race left and there's still a lot of time I, everybody can make up. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess the takeaway is everything's bendable, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I absolutely. I think everything is uh, flexible and I think that. Mm, you know, I think the anxiety is a little higher, especially when you're um, still getting a feel for running and pacing yourself and figuring out how it all plays out. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the more that you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. And then the more you see, oh, I'm, I can predict this pretty close to what I'm actually going to end up where pretty close to where I'm going to be. Um, put together a, a half marathon pacing strategy for one of my athletes who just did the love run in Philadelphia. And we were within, I think a minute of where she was going to be. And, and, and she, she like, I told her, I was like, you're going to go out too fast. She's like, no, I'm not going to go out. Too I'm like, yeah, you are. You're going to go out too fast. And sure enough, like she went out too fast. So like um, we put together that cumulative race calculator and, and it, it got pretty close. I think the, the more you do it, the closer you get to it. And I think every single race, um, you always 
go into it with the understanding that the entire thing could go wrong within mile one, <laughs> you right. know, like every single finish is a, is a gift. And um, I'm thankful for every single finish. doesn't matter what the distance is. And, and I think you got to go into it knowing, knowing full well that it could all go wrong at the very beginning, you know? Yeah. But bottom, like you said, bottom line is that having a plan isn't going to hurt anything and it, it yeah. could, it will help you um, more than anything. And I am learning the longer I'm in this running game. I, it might only be in my tiny little head, but there's still a plan in there more than there was before than just going, you know, running hard until I can't anymore, especially yeah. with bigger stuff. I mean, I've, I've found that making a plan, I've, I've been more successful at having at least some kind of thrown together plan. Yeah. Well, I think, I think when you're in the back of the pack too, one of the things that's hard um, and you, you get, lonely at the front too but in the back you get lonely and and you might think like wow there's nobody i haven't seen anybody in over an hour i'm alone out here i don't know if they're having the race anymore i might be in maryland by now <laughs> and then you look at your pacing strategy and you're like oh actually i'm doing great and you get to the aid station and you're the only person they're waiting on and you find you look at your strategy and you're like, oh, wow, I'm here 20 minutes early. And turns out there's, uh, you know, 10, 20 people behind me. And I had no idea. I'm not even close to the last one, you know. So sometimes I think that pacing strategy can benefit you, too, where you see, oh, my goodness, I'm, I need to not use these other cues and just stick to the plan. I think that's one of the things that's uh, incredibly helpful with the plan is all these, you know, especially in the back. Well, not especially in the back. I think it can happen anywhere. These negative thoughts creep in where you're like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to make it? Am I going to get cut? Am I going to get swept? Um, did I bring enough food? Did I bring enough toilet paper? <laughs> all of the things. And um, But if you stick to the plan and the plan is Here's my pacing strategy. Here's my nutrition strategy. I got to stick to it. And, and I think that's where those mantras can come in. So I try to, um, when I'm working with my athletes, it's like, what's your mantra going to be for this race? You know, what are you going to tell yourself when it gets tough? Um, there's even a couple of strategies, like if you write a letter to yourself and then if you're in a hundred miler and then you, you give it to your crew, and then if you say, I'm done, I don't want to do this anymore, your crew gives that letter to you. And it's what you wrote to yourself before the race. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of cool um, kind of uh, mental things that you can do to really keep yourself in the game. And, um, and I think that's another big piece of that strategy is what are you going to do when it gets tough? And, and I think there's a you know, I've, I've heard uh, uh, runners talk about this before, very experienced runners, where they say the difference between finishing and not finishing is how you manage through the tough times. So when it gets tough, are you going to be positive and come up with a solution or is your head going to go negative and then you decide, you know, you're done for the day, which certainly I've been in plenty of situations where I go negative, too. And I did that, you know, at my last race. Um, and I think, I think I wasn't as prepared as I, I should have been with that mental strategy of like, 
okay, what am I going to do to keep myself in this and, and keep myself in a positive place? Because that's such a big piece. So I think, um, yeah, putting together a pacing strategy, it can feel a little intimidating, but like I said, sometimes you surprise yourself and it can be a big benefit to boost you along too. And then putting together a, a little motivation strategy. Oh, and I will also say this. I make a list of things for my crew to not say to me because it's things that I find annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I make a list of stuff. One of them is, um, remember you paid for this. I'm like, yeah, I pay for a lot of shit that I don't use, you know? Yeah. I, that does not motivate me. Don't tell yeah. me you paid for this, Grace. Watch, everybody's going to have signs that say that the next time. Yeah. Don't ask me if I'm okay. Of course I'm not okay. It's mile <laughs> 85 and my, out of 200. Yeah. No, life sucks. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I do like the, the letter to yourself idea, although I would add, I think it should be required that you read that letter to yourself out loud to your crew and aid state, whoever wants to listen. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't think about this, but like Eastern states this year, you know, they have that that little, there's some kind of benefit if you go without crew and without pacers. Yeah. And that could be a great strategy if you don't have crew. Like you put that letter to yourself in one of your drop bags and and you got to read it when you get to that spot you know mile 75 or whatever that is you got to pull it out and you got to read it and and that can really i think be a great motivator through the rest mine of the would say quit reading this letter dummy you're wasting time <laughs> that's a great letter <laughs> yeah and off i go <laughs> and then you keep writing nice all right all right so stick to the plan is what you're saying we need to stick to yeah. the plan grace we do Okay. That's good stuff though. Very good stuff. And, and I would say everybody should at least, um, play around a little bit with, with race planning and, and see what works for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it's definitely, uh, you know, takes a little time to figure out what works for you. But I think, I think that's part of it is once you do figure out what works for you, you stick to what works for you. And plenty of races, I've made the mistake of saying, well, you know, this works for everybody else. So maybe I'll try that. And, and it's not a good idea. Like, it's, it's, hey, I know what works for me. This is the thing that I'm going to do. I know it works and I'm going to go for it. And, and you just stick to that plan. But putting together that um, race strategy, I think, is really helpful. It kind of pulls together all that training that you did for all those months, you know. Yep. Good stuff, Grace. Thank you. Um, a couple of things people typed in. I'd like to know what brand PJ of shorts that you lost due to holes, um, where they should not be. And who else? Gabe says I should go to Fenway park uh -huh. because, because it's cool. Boy, that's some good feedback, Gabe. Go to Fenway park. It's cool. You know, I'm driving six hours to go run a marathon. I'm going to go walk around this baseball stadium. Uh, come on, you can do better than that, Gabe. Anyway, um, what do we want to talk about? Time management and running? Do we want to dabble in that a little bit? Let's dabble. Let's de-dabble over there. We want to talk about time management because you have, um, <laughs> we have two very different situations. So I think this is a cool topic for us because you have a wife who also runs, who is badass, amazing. And then you have uh, children, you have two daughters and how, and you work full time 
because you have not sold your soul to the devil yet no. or to advertisers yet. It's for sale though. <laughs> it's definitely up for sale. So how do you fit it all in, buddy? Yeah, I'm not anywhere near the 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 worst on this as far as the spectrum goes of people um, with busy lives. It was more just a you know I think everybody struggles with different um, different things that come into their life or in their life that make running hard to do sometimes. You know, we all want to want to run when we want to run and not on somebody else's schedule for whatever reason it is. And it's interesting to me at least to see how some people um, make training a priority. Some want to, but don't. I think that I'm a strong believer that there's always time if you make it. Um, doesn't matter. You know, everybody's everybody's busy during the day. Everybody has stressful lives, all this, blah, 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 blah. We need our sleep. But you can always find time. I really do think that if you want it bad enough. And I guess, well, you know, I would love for more people to, to chime in and I guess kind of get a discussion going on on what they do what they do for a living maybe and and how they mm. how they juggle everything for me i you know i have a regular i work from seven in the morning six in the morning till two mm. so i have all afternoon i could run i'm not an afternoon runner i don't care for it um so i struggle with that and i i i like to get my runs done in the morning i feel accomplished a lot of the time most of the time and it makes me feel good about my mental health and that's when i like to train having said that i have found lately that i think i've been lacking on sleep because of getting up early and so i've kind of had to adjust my schedule and just recently i you know i'm in a union where i work and i won't get in a long story over this but it's a union so we have a we have a break half hour break in the morning and a half hour lunch at noon mm -hmm. well i was pretty much just hanging out taking my break and then taking my lunch for the past two or three years and i just last week i started running taking my clothes and getting changed real quick and going out for that half hour break two half hour breaks of over an hour or equal an hour and i'm getting eight miles in while i'm at work mm -hmm. that's like huge so if yeah. I can add that on to whatever I do at home, we're talking serious base mileage increase, you know? Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm training for a 200 miler this fall, which is my A race for the year. Um, mm -hmm. I'd like to do very well at it. So that's what's on my mind. And that's that's why I'm going to start doing what, what I'm talking about. I also have the ability, I work eight miles from my house. So I'm going to start running to and from work again this summer in the heat of the summer for heat training and getting those base miles up. So yeah, that's me. I like to feel prepared. Mm -hmm. I like my athletes to feel prepared. I'm pretty sure you're going to say feel the same way. Sure. Yeah. Um, but life gets in the way, and man, it does. It is hard sometimes, and we never want running to feel like a job. Mm -hmm. So um, let's see. Alicia says, "Pharmacy, op pharmacy operational manager." up at 3.30 for workouts or runs, home and run at two, is that, okay, that 10, at uh, eight, that's eight o'clock. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, that's eight o'clock. <laughs> um, so, what about you? I mean, you, you like, like you said, and then there's for me the one thing I'll add is like I always feel the guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of people do. I always feel guilty going for a long run on the weekend, even though I try to get up before my girls get up, things like that. Do we just do we do we all just run when we when we find our free time and that's it? make the best of what we have or yeah. do you struggle do people struggle with finding time to train properly yeah <clears throat> um oh my goodness i love this topic and and first i want to say one of the things that pops out to me when you're talking about your day is like sneaking in a quick 8 miles in an hour <laughs> And that's just crazy for me. I could never do that much mileage in one hour. Wild. I I barely, I did uh, five miles in an hour, like an hour and uh, five, hour and 10 minutes this morning. And that was pushing it. And so, but that brings up a good point that I, I have found with some of my athletes, we train by mileage and some of them we train by time. And there are some big benefits to training training by time instead of mileage. Um, and I think that's something that can help with a busy, busy lifestyle. You know, sometimes um, I have one athlete that it, no matter how much I told her, like, this is an easy run. It's an easy run. It's an easy run. Like, she's got a lot going on in her life. And she would try to hurry up and get it done. I said, look, we're going to stop doing mileage we're going by time. How much time do you have? She's like, well, I have an hour. I said, okay, it's going to be an hour. Stop looking at what the pace is and just run for an hour and that's it. And so I think one of the things that can be helpful with training with time management is to think about it in terms of how much time do I have? Not, you know, can I get a leg workout in for a strength day? Like, think about how much time do I have 10 minutes? Well, yeah, I do have 10 minutes. Okay, so what can I do in 10 minutes? Do I have I have my lunch half hour? Can I take 20 minutes of that and sneak in a a nice little walk around the block? And so I think that's one of the things that's helpful. And another big piece to consider is how physical is your job? And my job is right here. This is my office. <laughs> and I, I primarily work from home. And because of that, because it's not very physical, and I have had physical jobs in the past, um, because it's, I, I used to work, you know, um, similar to a couple of people in the, in the group here, I used to do 12 hour days and I was on my floor, all, on my feet almost that entire time as a production supervisor. So I was walking around a production floor. And with those 12 hour days, it, I didn't really need to do a whole lot else on those days. I did most of my training on my days off. Um, but now that I, I can go an entire day and my step count is like 500 steps because I just don't go anywhere. Um, so I have to be really intentional about that. And I have to add a walk into my day to make up for that. Um, right. so, so I think when people are looking at how do you fit it all in, there's a couple of other pieces to consider is, um, you know, how physical is your job? And like you said, sleep is critical. I mean, if you're not getting that that uh, full amount of sleep that you need, seven to nine hours, then um, it could be a detriment to training as well. Yeah. And just to dive in real quick to my uh, past couple months, like 
I felt like garbage after the new year and I wasn't really sure why I was always tired and um, I could instantly close my eyes at work and I was falling asleep. You know, something wasn't right. But anyway, I just recently got a a lot of blood tests done thinking that hopefully as weird as it sounds, hopefully they would find something that's a little low or this and that and everything lime, uh, testosterone, everything, clean bill of health. Everything is great, which is phenomenal. I'm happy for it. But that, that sent me to, okay, I guess I'm just short on sleep. That's my next step. Yeah. And that's where I changed my whole running schedule. And the odd thing is I've been on this early morning run schedule since I was a runner, began running on 2014 or 15, I think Becky said, but it worked for me for a long time. And maybe it's age catching up to me. I don't know, but Mm -hmm. I, I'm on like week three or four now of getting an extra hour of sleep every night and running more during my normal person waking hours, I guess I would right. say. And boy, I not knock on wood, <laughs> but mm-hmm. this week uh, within the past seven days, and this is coming into Boston too, like mm-hmm. I feel really good, really good. And I'm not going to, do anything crazy at Boston. I'm going, you know, I'm going to enjoy myself and I'm not going for a PR or anything like that. But man, stop. I, I think, I think maybe I'm catching up on that sleep. Finally. I knew it would take a while. Yeah. Maybe that's all it was, but I, I swear I, I feel better. I think so. I'll keep yeah. you posted. You've had some speedy runs lately. It's pretty cool to see. Well, and they're more consistently uh, where I used to be too. You know what I mean? Everybody has their has their paces. You you're, you're laughing that I can get eight miles in an hour, but that's that that's my normal. Yeah. That's not overdoing it. That's not speed work. That's about what I can get. And I was st- I was slowly losing that, and I could feel that. You know what I mean? And yeah. to feel that okay, I can maintain this easiness again and get this amount of miles in this amount of time. It's like, boy, that maybe that's all it was. And so my fingers are crossed. And Chad Brown, he, he he's asking if miles or time and feet are more important. And I, I want to hear your opinion, but you pretty much said it already. But it's very, I think it's equally, both of them are equally important. And in training, make sure you utilize both of them. You know, going out on a weekend for three or four hours, that doesn't mean you hammer out as much as you possibly can in that three to four hours. Sometimes it's, that real low key, enjoyable group run for three or four hours. Cause yep. it's still time on your feet. Yep. Yeah. I think, um, spot on. It totally depends on the person. What's their base that they're coming in with already and what's their goal race and what, what are their goals during that race? Um, right. so incredibly variable by that person. And like I said, if I've got an athlete who I, I know they're not going easy enough on their easy runs and I switch it over to time instead and now they go easier, well, I'm going to do time because now we hit our goal. Our goal was to make those easy runs easy. And, um, and you know, if you don't go easy on your easy runs, it means you can't go hard on your hard runs. So, and that's so critical. So um, I really love hearing this kind of stuff from you, Eric, because it really shows that I think whether you're in the, the front or the back of the pack, no matter where you are in between, um, you know, it really doesn't always benefit to say, oh, I'm going to stick to my plan no matter what, because I'm hardcore, you know, 
never miss a Monday. And, and that's really not necessarily the case. If you're really serious about it and you want to have a great race, great training plan, great training cycle, sometimes it's important to be just as serious about um, nutrition. What are you eating when you're not running, getting in enough uh, protein? And that can that goes for our plant-based athletes too, right? Um, yep. getting, getting in plenty of protein, getting in plenty of sleep and doing all those other things too. It's like, um, you know, it's kind of like going out and buying some, some Louboutin shoes and they're amazing and they're pretty, but then you're not, not taking care of them, you know? So, so you can have a great training plan, but if you, if you're not caring for your body in the meantime, um, that can really show up, um, on race day or show up and people getting burnt out. So, um, I, I appreciate you mentioning getting extra sleep. And, and I think it's one of those things that I know, I know I used to have this mentality. I, I fight it off, but I'm like, oh, I'm in the back of the pack. That stuff doesn't matter as much for me, right? That's just for the fast people to be serious about their sleep. But it's really for everybody, right? We all mm -hmm. should be serious about um, getting enough sleep uh, when we can. Life go, always gets in the way. But um, when we're able to get that extra sleep, sometimes it might be. I think I'm not going to go to that group run this morning because I, I couldn't sleep last night um, for whatever reason. You know, um, not, I don't have this situation, but plenty of people have a situation. You get a sick dog, sick kid, sick parent the night before. Next thing you know, you only have three hours of sleep and it's like, ah, maybe I will cancel on that group run and that's OK. And, and hopefully my friends are cool and they, they're not going to hold it up against me. And so I appreciate you mentioning the sleep thing because it's important for all of us. Yeah. And I think on this subject, more than anything, it, the and this comes back to why you and I decided to do this show, but it's very important, especially to me, it to be, to show clarity in who I am and who, who we are, I guess, like, uh, yeah, I, I might be faster towards the front of the pack and this and that. But it doesn't make me. I'm. I'm. I still struggle just like everybody else does with different um, things in training, in life, um, mental health. Just not feeling great for some reason, you know. And so, like, things aren't always perfect up at the front of the mullet, you know. And 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 everybody needs to realize that. And I'm not saying I'm a celebrity or anything like that either but I'm just like everybody else. And I, it, that's what makes this show fun is that we can all talk about the same stuff and understand it the same way. Yeah. And I think, um, I think that's been one of the cool things about getting to know so many people at the front of the pack. Cause um, uh, like I said, I'm comfortable with the back of the pack. I, I'm at a, I know that I'm never going to be in the front and I'm, I'm really okay with that. Uh, but I learn a lot. I learn a lot from talking to um, to people at the front and realize that those same strategies can make you, you a little more comfortable, can make me a little more comfortable. It only takes a couple times of chafing before you learn <laughs> that lube is for everybody. It doesn't matter where you are. And the only difference is in the back of the pack, we carry a little extra. Yeah. We're going to be out there longer. Do you, do you chafe? I do. Um, I've learned like my nipples, I get hard nipples and then it's like game over. So I always put the covers on, cover yeah. the nipples, the nippies. They, they are amazing. I still can't believe how long they stay on sometimes. Um, 
but that and and then I get some crotch crotch issues every once in a while, depending on humidity and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Nothing that bad. I mean, Becky's gotten it really bad a couple times here in different spots. Um, I've, it, I'm, it's never brought me to tears or anything like that. But yeah, I, I chafe. <laughs> this is my favorite name so far. Anybody listening on the podcast, just change his name to Eric Crotch Issues Kosek. You're welcome. I'll show him. To, hopefully I have some crotch issues after Boston. Maybe I can show them to you. Via yeah, I can't wait for that. That is exciting. I, um, and uh, I, I love that you brought up uh, Becky. Um, not that I, not that this is exciting for Becky, but she does have some chafing issues every once in a while. And I have to do this PSA every spring uh, when the shorts come out, the shorts come out and the conversations always come up about chafing and uh, it's highly individualized. And I'm telling you what, uh, it's been a while since I've measured my thighs, but last I knew, I'm pretty sure they're, they're wider around than your wife's waist. I think my, my thighs are, they're around 27 inches, something like that. And, uh, and I don't, I don't really chafe. So I, I do a um, gold bond stick. Um, anything that's over like two hours, something like that. If it's less than two hours and not too hot, I can usually get away without any. Is that um, a whole gold bond stick? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so I don't, I don't sweat heavily. It's, right. it's this bizarre thing where I don't sweat a lot. Um, and my sweat is not very salty. I do have to be careful and I can't use too much electrolyte mix um, because I don't need um, nearly as much electrolyte and I can easily overdo it. And that's also not good for you. Um, so it does not matter what shape you are. Some people are just uh, heavier sweaters and they are saltier sweaters. So I don't want to hear any of those comments from the men or the women or anybody else in the group about, oh my God, my thighs are so fat. And so I chafe, shut it, shut your mouth. My thighs yep. are 26, 27 inches. And I, I do chafe. It's very rare um, when I chafe. Um, I've had, I've had some bunghole chafing before. So <laughs> squirrels yeah. Squirrels no butter is good for that. But that's usually like the, the 100K distance. Um, and I really don't get blisters very much either. It's pretty rare. So this is my PSA to all of you. I will be coming after you if you start talking about, I'm so fat. My thighs are so fat. No, shut it. Stop it. Because your thighs are whatever size your thighs are. And they take you from one place to another. And that is a beautiful thing. Not everybody has that. I feel like you're talking right into my soul. I'm going to take you out. Now, uh, that's a good point. And it's a good uh, good transition into what we're, I th I'm hoping what we talk about next episode, um, which is FKTs, at least Ooh. one subject. And I'm really looking forward to this um, subject of FKTs. But on the subject of FKTs, when I did Mid-State Trail, several years ago during COVID when my big race was canceled and I decided to do that 328 miles, I had issues with the butthole. Uh-huh. And you got to lube it. Huh? You got to lube it. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I get all that, but <laughs> the butt pace that I forget it was, it's a, 
the name something butt paste red tube that yeah. that basically puts a, a nice layer of protection over anything that's bothering you and you know i had to fight it day after day obviously i wasn't giving it anything enough time to heal grace yeah do all you want but once the damage is done let's face it it's oh, damn yeah. it's painful but the yeah. butt paste and it should have a better name um that that yeah. got me through what i needed to get through but we can talk about that more uh hopefully at a show coming up if not next episode yep and I love the uh, comments coming in about different recommendations. Again, you find what works for you. Squirrels Nut Butter is a great one. I've heard Salty Britches is really good. I haven't tried it yet, but I have heard the same thing, and I can't wait to try it. I just got some not too long ago. Um, there's a lot of different um, products out there, all worth giving a shot until you figure out a way to ward off all of that chafing and, yeah. um, and they, they helped me out. Monica said it's the Boudreaux. Boudreaux, I guess, is what Boudreaux. I had. I don't know, whatever. Some French guy. But the, the stuff is thicker than thick. And it's uh, interesting. But it's such a relief. It uh, is a relief. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, bonus topic. That was our bonus topic. It was chafing. I saw yeah. it. I went for it. Yeah. So anyway, I think we're about out of time. We're running a little long. Um, we are. Let's shut it down. We'll we'll talk again next week because um, you've got Boston coming up. I have no plans. I don't know what I'm doing this weekend. Apparently, you're going to follow me, track me, or something in Boston. Well, Monday. Monday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Monday. I didn't plan on following you before then. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be weird. That would be weird. And then um, uh, and then we have, I think next week we will announce our big surprise, right? Hopefully, if there if there's a big surprise, we're gonna announce it next week. We gotta we, we gotta finalize the big surprise and yeah. um, then we'll tell everybody a next week's show. so definitely tune in for that. Yeah, and like I said, I would like to dig into FKT's mainly, what you have done and your thoughts on it and maybe some of what I've done and my thoughts on them. I enjoy them. I think they're harder than racing and I think everybody should try them. Even if you don't think you can get the fastest known time, you can still get your fastest known time. So it doesn't have to be anything special, but it's an interesting concept and I like talking about it. So I don't know what else we're going to get into. If you have ideas, send them our way. Yeah. Other than that, um, I'm not going to ask you what you're doing this weekend because you just said nothing. So. I don't know. Well, here's what I might be doing. And uh, Amy, I'm coming your way because, Amy, I just bought a road bike. And I am super excited about doing some cross training. I just got one used from a friend over in Mount Joy. And um, I'm excited to go ride with Amy because she's like my favorite friend to go riding with. And she just asked, when will the show be? Since Eric will be traveling back from Boston, we are still hoping to do 7.30 um, next Monday. I'm just going to make him pull off on the side of the road and do the show anyway. Yeah, it might be via my phone or something, but we'll figure it out. We'll let you know on the Facebook group page. Thank you all for joining in. We appreciate you. Please keep telling your friends. And we'll keep talking about fun, interesting 
disgusting stuff. <laughs> like buttholes. Yeah. Looped buttholes. Have a great week, Grace. You too. Bye.